0: This program may include depictions of health conditions that could be distressing for certain listeners. The views expressed on this program belong solely to the individuals featured and do not represent the opinions of Himalaya Wellness Company or GeoSav. It is important to note that this program is not intended to defame any individual, entity, caste, community, race or religion, nor to disparage any institution or person, whether living or deceased. It should be understood that this program is not a replacement for professional medical advice. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The House of Wellness Season 2, powered by Himalaya Wellness Company, streaming on Geo Welcome to The House of Wellness, powered by Himalaya Wellness Company. Himalaya is one of the leading global herbal healthcare brands that has been harnessing the science of Ayurveda since the 1930s. We are present in over 100 countries, spreading the promise of wellness in every home and happiness in every heart to millions of homes around the globe. Welcome to the House of Wellness season two, a podcast powered by Himalaya Wellness Company. This season, we embark on a journey, exploring the various facets of holistic wellness through our conversations with influential personalities from the health, sports and social sectors, Each episode focuses on a specific theme, such as mindfulness, sustainable living, nutrition and mental health, uncovering insights into leading a balanced and holistic lifestyle. House of Wellness Season 2 is designed to empower you with knowledge and inspiration, making wellness a fundamental part of your journey. Tune in to embark on a healthier and happier life. I am Charu Sharma. One of the many things I've enjoyed doing in my life is climbing, mountaineering. And guess what? Today, it's a massive pleasure for me personally, and of course, I hope for all of you as well, to meet somebody who has defied stereotypes, who's climbed at the highest levels, over 8,000 meters, shown an incredible and indomitable spirit. Please do welcome Priyanka Mohite. Priyanka, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much.
0: It's great seeing you here because big things come in small packages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, take us back to why you, in India, not too many people are encouraged, certainly women, if I may say so, to pursue adventurous activities that are essentially even dangerous. How did you break that mold? When? Why? How?
1: I started really early. I'm from Maharashtra. I can say the Western Ghat which inspired me. I was a fond of history, so Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaj inspired me. So I used to go to the trek, like trekking, hiking, these are really fancy word nowadays. But that time my uncle used to take me and my bunch of cousins and we used to go to the fort and he used to tell us the story. And I don't know, suddenly I found it like, okay, this is more peaceful and it is giving me happiness. And sometimes when you see the picture form, it is fit in your memory. Exactly that started happening. And I started my journey through the Sayadri mountain. More than 300 forts are there. I've climbed more than 150 forts. Gosh, yeah. wow. And after a few years, my uncle found out that me and my cousin, we have a lot of enthusiasm. But we don't have discipline. We have a zero discipline, lack of discipline. <laughs> and there are many forts. Some are very easy. Some are very difficult. So he said that, why don't you go with the professionals? They will take care of your safety and they will teach you how to go in the nature and you know how to respect it. And I was like, yeah, fine. He started also coming with us and then we did it and looking at my interest, there was my mentor, sir. he's my school teacher as well and he suggested me that why don't you go to Himalayas and I was like, uh, I really want to go but I don't know how to do it because Growing as a kid, I remember that I used to only watch the National Geographic and Discovery Channel. I was fond of Himalaya and how to tell the parents. Now, it started with this. And he suggested my parents. It was easy for me to convince my dad, but especially not my Mama. mom. Because I was good in the studies and she always wanted me to go do in the studies. And I was doing that time, Bharatnatyam, And uh, every uh, time... Sorry,
0: what were you not doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, these things used to happen and then and she's like, you know, focus on dancing and focus on your studies. And then I realized, if you want, you know, to impress her, then get a good marks in studies. So I started doing that. And then somewhere, you know, after my 12th, she allowed me that, okay, fine, I think this is the thing. And I remember when I was in 12, there was one lady from Maharashtra, Krishna Patil. I really want to take her name because she was not only inspiration for me, but my family. And she climbed Everest when she was 19 years old. And me, with my full family, we went to hear her experience. And my grandparents were also there. And then my mom is like, oh, she can climb Mount Everest in 19. At least I can send my daughter to the basic mountaineering course. And I think that's how it started. And we never thought about Everest. I did my basic course from the heroine of mountaineering. I finished my advanced mountaineering course there. I climbed my first mountain. And I reached height. So that was second time in the mountain. So I reached up to 21,500 feet. and Which it was in, that? It was Mount Bandarpunch. Bandar it's in Uttarakhand. And I was really happy when I came. It was like a celebration in my family. It was like a festival. And my dad is super happy. And he's like, you know what? We should think about Everest. I was like, um,
0: wow, <laughs> easy, need- easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's
1: just said it. I was like, yeah. you know, dad, you need to chill, you know, because climbing 21,000 and climbing 29,000, it's a huge thing. And he's like, no, 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 we should think about it. And I was like, okay, he's kidding. Yeah. But I was just thinking about the next climb, you know. 21 now, I have climbed 21. I should go for 22, 23 like that. But not at all Everest. But you know what? That Shah Rukh Khan's famous dialogue is there, no? If you say something in the universe, universe will give you back. Mm. And that exactly happened. I was though not one, but my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so I was preparing for IIT because I want to take admission in biotechnology. I want to study higher studies. And then one day I was going to Pune to take the classes and I got a call from my friend, you know. This team is going and Karnaniraj Rana, who was Himalayan mountaineering institute principal that time, he's taking a team. Why don't you, you know, join? I was like, are you serious? Halfway through the Pune, I just came. I was like, Dad, you know what? I'm going to Everest, I guess. Then I went there. I got selected. And that's how it started, I guess. And it happened. Yeah, And it was really difficult that time because... People used to ask me, why you want to climb? And I was like, uh, it's there. <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, the I really classic don't answer, have, because yeah, it's there. I, I really yeah. don't have an answer for it. Because I was 20 years old. I, I used to feel happy when I used to climb. And that was the thing. But uh, journey was really difficult. But yeah, I think that's how it started. And Everest was my first 8,000. And that to top of the world. I feel really blessed that I got that opportunity when I was 20. Yeah, and the journey about that was bit difficult, but yeah, we'll talk
0: about the entire journey or at least as much as we can today. But yeah, you you know, let's deal with factor number one Mm -hmm. in terms of life as a mountaineer. Mm -hmm. This word called danger, because everybody knows climbing is a very, very dangerous way of life. And you've adopted it more or less as a way of life. By the way, she does many other things. We'll get to that again. So how did you overcome that mentally? Because everybody else around you doesn't need to do anything. You yes. individually need mm. to get rid of the concept of danger, like, say, Alex honold who climbs free climbs. Right. And when you climb a big rock, 3000 yeah. feet with a vertical sort of, you know, outlook, then you have to somehow keep that danger away from your mind. And yet it's there all the time. Right. So tell us a little more about how you conquered that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because uh, climbing is not just a physical fitness. It's about mental fitness as well. I can just tell one scenario about my Everest climb. When I was preparing, people used to guide me, my mentor. They used to be like, Priyanka, you need to be really serious when you are climbing Mount Everest. Because it's not a small thing. It's a top of the world. And you need to have some sort of maturity to climb it. And I was like what is that I don't know because every time we take the decision our parents were around so I used to ask each and everything still sometimes I ask them if I'm not in mountain but when I was climbing I was on 8000 meter and I was about to summit on 21st May I was there so strong because climbing about 6000 was all new for me because my highest was 6200 meters. I was there at South Call and as we know, it's called as a death zone where the oxygen percentage is 30 to 40%. And uh, we were like, me, my whole team was like all pumped up. Like, okay, 21st morning, uh, we'll be on the top of the world. And, you know, when I got a satellite call, I called to my dad from Camp 2 and I told him, you know, dad, you will get a call that your daughter has reached on the top of the world. We started, we hugged each other. It's like, okay, tomorrow is like, everything's going to change. Lara told us like, you know, you have to be very like focused and think about your like, you know, just constantly talk to yourself. And we started our journey. So just 800 meters from the south call. And then I reached to the balcony near to balcony. It's 8400 meters. Now my dream is just 400 meters left. And uh, I felt suddenly my Sherpa is not My guide, he's with me uh, throughout the journey. He's not feeling well. Oh, no. And I was like, uh, it is 8,400 meters where the oxygen is now reduced like more than 30%. Now what to do? And I just remember that, you know, my mentor always used to tell there will be some point where there will be no one around you and, you know, you have to calculate the thing. So I think that adventure and climbing especially, it's like a calculative risk. You cannot just go and, you know, climb. You have to think about it. And that time is like uh, maybe, I I need to save him. We need to go down. If he's not well, I think he uh, he w- will end up like dying here. And he, I I took the decision that I think I have to come back because without him that time it was really really difficult for me to go ahead. So I decided that okay I'll come down, and uh, yeah that's it. I I just I just came down to the South Col again. I know I left my dream around four hundred meters.
0: Oh you'll get more. Don't worry. But yeah. I tell you what. It is braver of you, in my mind, to have Mm. taken that decision to come down and save both him and you, rather than pursue that single-minded purpose of reaching Everest with possibly disastrous consequences, God forbid. So, you know, I take my hat off to you for that. But of course, you scaled many other 8,000ers. And uh, what's the highest peak that you eventually did scale? Everest. (laughs) Ah, Well, there you go. So, (laughs) you got there later. Yeah. And of course, there were other peaks as well. Kanchan Changa perhaps or...
1: Yes. um, So, I climbed Everest in 2013. Then uh, 2018, I climbed Lhotse. It's the fourth tallest mountain. I tried to climb in 2014-15. But because of the natural disaster, I have to take a step back and came to home. But I was fully uh, in my mind. It was like Lhotse, I will definitely climb. So, I summited on uh, 2018. Brilliant. Um, Then I saw Makalu from (laughs) Lhotse top. Then I climbed Makalu. Makalu is the fifth tallest mountain. So I climbed immediately after year 2019. And then 2020, we all were on the same page because of the COVID. And then 2021, I climbed Annapurna 1. It's the 10th tallest mountain, but one of the dangerous mountain in the world. And then after that, I climbed Kanchanjanga 2022. This year, actually, I was on the Daholagiri expedition. It's the 7th tallest mountain. Unfortunately, I couldn't summit, but I reached up to like 7,500 meters.
0: I fully appreciate and by the way, I don't know if you guys appreciate or not that the average strike rate in mountaineering is 10%. So you make one summit for 10 climbs, but you've obviously done much better than that. So you're <laughs> way out of the curve. <laughs> Let's get to some other aspects of just the kind of health you need to be in. Yeah, uh, We've talked a little bit about the mental conditioning and strength. Mm. But is it something that you work on specifically with any kind of training methodology? And what would you like to advise people who mm. could use being just mentally stronger? Because it can be developed, can't it? You're not born with it.
1: Especially if you want to climb. The physical fitness is there, mental fitness is there, but there's a term called acclimatization. So when you start climbing initially, you will get to know whether you are acclimatized in a mountain or not. So if your body is not supporting once, twice, thrice, then maybe mountaineering is not a sport for you. But if it's supporting, then what I do, basically I do eight to five job. So it's very difficult for me to maintain the fitness when I was in 25, like few years back as to work. And then I used to uh, hit the gym for two and a half hours. But nowadays I feel that, okay, I'm growing, (laughs) my age is going. So what I did, I split my exercise. So five o'clock in the morning, I get up, I work out like one hour. I do the running, I do the outdoor activity as much I can. And then evening, I go to the gym. When I'm in the Maharashtra, of course, we have Sayadri. So I practice with a 15 to 20 kg backpack and I climb the hills. And for the mental fitness, Every day I talk to myself. Like getting up at 5 o'clock, even if it's raining or maybe it's winter, and going there because my goal is really clear. So that's how I prepare mentally myself. One more thing I really want to say Being a woman, we face a lot of monthly uh, menstrual, I will just be open about it. So how can I uh, climb uh, in that situation? Because when we climb, we have to check the weather, all the conditions. We cannot say it's at that time of the month. So I can just quit and sit back in the tent. I cannot do that. I have to go. I must go. So for that to prepare mentally uh, every day, even if it's at that time of the month, I go. I sit in the gym. Maybe I walk. I don't do harsh training. But mentally I prepare myself, okay if this kind of condition comes in the mountain, I need to be prepared, I need to be more strong. I need to carry my 15 kg in that. So I have to keep on going. So that's how I train mentally. You know, yeah.
0: I mean, I feel like saying that for every one meter that women climb, we'll have to give them two. So yeah. <laughs> it's not 8848 <laughs> I think you've climbed 16,000 odd meters because of just the amount of difficulty that everybody faces. Yes. I still would love for you to give some advice to the average citizen mm-hmm. in terms of goal setting and not giving up because it's easy to say don't give up but it's a little difficult and and yet is there some word of encouragement that you might want to provide so that people can remain real and yet not give up?
1: Yeah, definitely. I feel that every year and every time is not safe. I have faced this many times. So, every climb I prepare for a yearly, you know, to climb one mountain, get the sponsorship. Every time is not safe but The thing which keep me going for that climb or my goal is really strong. So every day I just feel that I should keep on going. I just do things which I really enjoy. And from those things which I will grow myself. Sometimes the things are not so favorable. And I will be like very upset. But then I will like, okay, what's the solution? Then I will just remember that, okay, I have this goal and I need to work. The things will automatically come, you know, universe will give. So I just keep on going Whenever I'm happy, sad, I just go, I just work out, I just prepare for my goal. That's the thing I do. They Bash it on us. regardless. Yes, yes, and the yes. world of
0: mountaineering, more yeah. than anything else, literally, yeah. does teach you step by, by step. step. Yeah. Keep, going, Keep going, don't yeah, give up. Yeah. But, you know, you have to balance that, as you did on Everest the first time when the shepherd was unwell. Yeah. You have to balance your ambition with a little bit of reality as well because mm-hmm. you've got to know when not to carry on. Yes. So that's such an important decision, not easy Especially. to take.
1: Yes, absolutely. I feel that um, like there are many incidences where we feel that we are physically, mentally very strong. But there will be one point where your heart and mind will say, I think it's enough. I think you should go back. And I feel that mountain will always stay there, right? You always go back, prepare yourself really hard and go back and just climb that mountain. I really believe that, you know, that's one of the Kanchenjunga expedition. I really felt that uh, we were pushing ourselves for like 22 hours to reach on the top. And there were few people who knows that, okay, they have lost because it's not a one-way journey. Summit is just halfway. You have to come back safely. That's how you can celebrate. So that time, we lost one of our friends. But I felt that he should have come back because we were telling him that, you know, um, though it's a hundred meter, but uh, maybe you can climb that in one hour because it's just a one step, one step you have to tell back. And then, unfortunately, he lost his life. And then I feel that taking one step back, you know, failure is not the ultimate thing. You always can go back and, you know. I think it's a valuable
0: lesson. And maybe all of us ought to... Just step back a moment and realize that life is full of second chances, third chances, fourth chances. You get more opportunities all the time anyway. But the maturity to take a decision to carry on or to stop at that point of time and try it again, I think is a very important gain in the world of mountaineering. Mountaineering. Let's move to, say, nutrition, because all the way through, especially in the mountains where food is very scarce, you have to carry what you can eat and so on and so forth. How have you managed that? What are the lessons that you've learned and that you'd like to share?
1: Definitely, uh, we don't get really, really good food <laughs> in the mountains. Uh, base camp, I will definitely say we always focus on like to have a really good food. I try to get a lot of fat as well. When I'm training, I've only focus on the high protein diet. So I can be like really fit and you know, I can gain my stamina and strength. But in mountains, we prefer that food is like everything for us. So... Whatever we get, we have to eat it. Uh, So once you go to high altitude, it's really difficult to get the really good food. So we carry the food from the base camp. So we have to eat a lot of Maggi, which I sometimes I (laughs) don't prefer to have here normally in the house. I observe that we can carry a lot of protein bars just to keep ourselves really...
0: Uh, so, Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. But mm-hmm. there's, of course, climbing in the world of mountaineering yeah. and the food there. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you're not climbing 365 days of the year. Yes. So when you're in the plains <laughs> or in Bangalore <laughs> or wherever else, what is your regimen then? And what are you recommending to people who want to be able to follow a food intake program that is recommended by you?
1: So everyone's body is really different. Just adapt that healthy lifestyle in you. So to have a really good food, healthy food, and not at all the junk food, and then just keep on working out, you know, spend time for yourself, like one hour, maybe take it out and have a proper food. So know your body, first of all, know what you want to achieve for your body, how you want to look. Some people have like they want really good stamina, they want strength. So according to that, maybe you can go and plan about it. The diet I follow When my expedition is there, looks uh, for six months. So uh, I don't prefer to have any sweet. I I remember like six, seven months, I don't eat anything. Mm -hmm. So I have to be really, really strict about myself. So that's one part of discipline as well as. So I follow the same diet. And I feel you are eating food not to satisfy your emotion. It's to just fuel your body because the amount of exercise I do, it's maybe one hour in the morning, one and a half hour in the afternoon. But full day I'm working. I'm into eight to five job. So there is not maybe physically I have to be active, but mentally, yes, I have to be really, really active. So drain. So amount of calories I should eat, it's according to my height, according to my body. So I, I just focus on that. And I just you look at it, it very
0: in. scientifically. Do you, yeah. do you also have, uh, say, a diet advisor or people who advise yeah. you on nutrition? And would you recommend that people actually go and get advice rather than just eating what they feel is natural and comfortable?
1: Uh, Yeah, sometimes I think it's better because uh, now it's been two years I'm following. I'm having advice from the nutritionist. But initially I used to do my own. I used to check on the Google and I used to do. But I used to work out a lot and then I used to work uh, in my office. But then somehow in the evening time I used to feel really drained because that time I was not having proper amount of calories. Then I thought, okay, now this is the time because if I have to climb Annapurna or if I have to climb this Kanchanchanga, I need to check into the nutrition factor because the amount of exercise I'm doing, I don't think, you know, I'm feeling energetic in the evening time. So I started getting the proper information, like the scientific information.
0: Have you also ever gotten confused about what's good for you, what's not? Because you said you consult the internet and what's good today is not good tomorrow and vice versa. Does it confuse you or have you sorted your own plan out for what is good for
1: you? Yeah, so what I do, I basically, whenever I read any article, I try to go to the depth and I look at the angle of the science because I work in the science field as well. So I want all the details like what is the BMR, what are the protein intake, what are the fiber because everyone's body is different, everyone's body goals are different. So what are mine and how I have to calculate and what kind of intensive exercise I'm doing. Initially I used to try a lot of diets, I used to fail. But then I was like, no, no, if I have to maintain proper energy while doing the exercise, I need to go with the proper flow. So I started taking the advice from the nutritionist that what extra I can do so I can, you know, maintain my energy and it will help me eventually in the climbing.
0: Yeah, Priyanka, it's strange. Why have you chosen really difficult things around you all the time? One, you're mountaineer, which yeah, is yeah. difficult enough. And then you work in the biotechnology field, right? Yes. I mean, gosh, yeah. talk about another difficult thing. <laughs> Tell us very quickly about what else you do when you're not climbing.
1: Oh, I play badminton. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Okay,
0: but in terms of work, you mentioned 8 to 5 all yes, the time.
1: Yes, yes. I'm into research field. Oh, it's been six years. I have finished my master's in biotechnology. So, I work in a oncology company. So, basically, we research on a cancer. So, it's a fun part. And I feel that uh, climbing is a seasonal affair. So... My brain should be engaged You're really throughout the day. punishing yourself. No, you no. start climbing, <laughs> then
0: biotechnology, all those fancy <laughs> No, stuff. no, I enjoy but it.
1: That's why uh, I do oh,
0: it. Yes. Uh, no question about it. Uh, you mentioned, of course, exercising sometimes in the morning and evening both. Yeah. And what do you focus on? And I would like advice to everybody listening. Mm-hmm. What do you feel are more essential or exercises that should be prioritized? Mm-hmm. Because you can't exercise everything all the time. Yeah. So what do you do and what would you recommend?
1: If you want to climb. So no.
0: otherwise, no. Two otherwise
1: yeah, and, yeah. yeah, definitely, then you can go for the run because people if they want to go for the strength training, of course, you lift the weights. And if you want to go for the good stamina, then maybe running high intensity interval training, those kind of exercise will be really good. So I basically climb. So I prefer outdoor exercises. So it will be really helpful because all you have to do climb uphill. And then it's best to take the backpack and, you know, climb uphill. Now, I'm in a Bangalore. If I have to search the mountain, I have to go 80 kilometers. Now, then I have found out the solution that, okay, five o'clock, I get the 15 kilo. I do the treadmill for a 12. And then I just keep on walking for one hour, one and a half hour like that. That's how I train myself as well, like mentally as well as physically.
0: And do you believe in the philosophy that perhaps in the long run, the lower limbs to keep them in better shape is perhaps a better way out than the upper body?
1: You should have strength in both. I feel like for the climbing, I feel that like, okay, legs are really important, but your core should be, I feel, more and more tough. And then maybe the overall body, you cannot just focus on one muscle and just one part of the body. I think overall body, I think you should. work.
0: And are you happy to recommend that people should go to gyms because there's so much more available? Or are you equally happy with just doing, say, free exercises or calisthenics or whatever, you know, yeah. using your own body weight?
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Those are the more tougher ones. <laughs> I think you should feel comfortable you want to achieve as your goal. So are I-
0: you also human? Have you at times said, oh, no, I'm, I'm just going to take it easy. I'm going to eat what I want and not exercise for a while.
1: Yeah, yeah I used to do sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but definitely not when I'm training for my expedition.
0: What about medical intervention, Priyanka? Because, I mean, you know, there's a big wide world of medicines out there and are you happy to to take medicines when required or are you generally against that world or what's your stand on, let's say, supplements and other external influences on health?
1: It's uh, individuals, right. Especially if you see, I don't do it. But yeah, if there is some suggestion from the dietitian so maybe we can go and follow up like many people are there they're following up They're everyone's call i I think
0: to each their own i suppose but as long as there's mindfulness priyanka mountaineering can also be very exhausting and sometimes of course god forbid there are things like frostbite and other minor injuries and what have you when you get back from a major climb what is your de-stress do you just get off everything for a while what about getting used to people and everything else around you is that a problem the transition
1: Actually, uh, the frostbite, I have already once suffered from the frostbite. It was really difficult after that, uh, you know, to get recover from the frostbite situation. So when I'm back from the expedition, it's all about I want to spend time with my family. I want to share the story, especially my dad is very excited. He want to know each and everything what has happened on the expedition. So I sit with them, I tell them the story. And then after that, if there are like a major claims and if it's coming in the media, I have to do this. I do it because, you know, ultimately I have to climb another mountain, which I have seen from that climb. So I, I do it regularly and I I really love to share my story. When I climbed Makalu, I really wanted to know that people, that Makalu mountain, it's the fifth tallest mountain and exist because there was army expedition, but it was not coming in the limelight. So I went to all the media channels and I really wanted to, these mountains are also there, just not the Everest. There are other mountains as well. I enjoy with that also. And of course, my office gave me one month leave. It's a huge thing. So they want me to join back as soon as I'm there. So hardly I get a chance to recover myself. So I just go and like four or five days I spend with my family and I'm just back to my work.
0: Back to the grind. I tell yes. you, you've a very generous company that allows you to do all of this. Yes, you know, thank God. Yes. Yes. Mountaineering and so many other things in life mm-hmm. are also about extreme focus and concentration. And to develop that, what is your methodology in terms of, say, spiritualism? Do you go there at all? How do you calm yourself? How do you be in that meditative state?
1: Yes, that's what I say. Working out is meditation for me. i getting up like 4 o'clock and in the gym, no one is around. It's a my time. So I just think about what I have to do. But on the treadmill or so, I am just keep on thinking. This is maybe my way of doing it because I hardly get times uh, sometimes, you know, to do meditation. I should do it, but it needs a lot of effort to do the meditation.
0: Now, to just switch it a bit. Uh, you also mentioned that you uh, were into dancing, uh, Bharatanatyam, earlier on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's the connection between climbing and dancing? Is there anything similar? I
1: feel it is connecting from two similar things. First is we are on the ground. We are connected to the earth, I feel. And the second thing is Shiva, <laughs> which is really common, like a and a Shiva. So that is a common thing I really find. So 2012, I finished my Bharatnatam Visharad. And 2013, I climbed Everest. So I had two best careers to select. I selected, I will go for the climbing. Still, I'm practicing, but I, I think there are many common things. Yeah, both the things give me really happiness. I'm connected to the earth, uh, you know.
0: But just very quickly, why the decision towards mountaineering and maybe <laughs> less so to Dancing?
1: I loved when I climbed Everest, I challenged myself a lot there and it was my first attempt and a very very special mountain and that to top of the world because I know that climbing that mountain many people do a lot of tries and do a lot of attempts and I was really blessed enough to go and stand on the top of the world and the feeling was really different
0: well I go with you
1: (laughs) it was just touched my heart and I was like I think I should continue with this
0: well also you know people like being in their comfort zone yeah And yet a lot of adventure is getting out of your comfort zone, which relates a lot if you're well enough to be able to do that. So what's your advice to people to maybe get out of their comfort zone and and be more adventurous?
1: Everyone's adventure term is also different, I would say. Some people like to go outdoors. Some people want to do some other activity. We always plan like, okay, five o'clock, I'll go to the gym. But... Suddenly five o'clock, you'll really get a thought, uh, oh, it's okay. Let's skip it. We'll go tomorrow. No, that's that one second. You have to be like, let's just do it. You can do it, whatever it is. So I think that's the one moment where you have to just think like, yes, I can push myself and I can go beyond that.
0: The word that seems to leap to my mind now is sustainability of effort. Mm, yeah. And I know it's easier said than done. But is that also an essential ingredient of wellness to be sustaining that activity all the way through? Or it's okay to not do it for a while and then come back to it? Because after all, you also have to be true to yourself and happy.
1: Uh, yeah, I feel that. Because every time it's not the same situation. Sometimes it's better to take a break. Think what you have to do, and I think maybe you just come back and do it. Because every time we keep on ourselves and uh, push ourselves mentally or maybe physically, but then sometimes you feel, okay, take a break, go to the peace mode, you know, meditate, as you said, that meditate and just see what else you can do it, and just come back. It's absolutely fine, I feel that, to take a break and do it because I have done it. Every time I used to be like back from the expedition and I'm just pushing myself pushing myself and then one year I was like yeah because every time physically emotionally you're not on the same term you are not on the same position right happy mood there will be some ups and downs and that's what a life is and maybe I think it's absolutely fine just to take a break for a while yeah.
0: You know, tempted to say that, you know, also being a fellow mountaineer in a a lesser sense, Mm. what it did teach to me, and I would like your thoughts on it, is Mm. that when you face those extreme conditions, when Mm -hmm. you come back to earth, to your normal life, one tends to be more accepting of everything because you've gone through such extreme situations. When you come back to a city and things start going wrong with the, you know, the environment around you, you say, so what? This is all small stuff. Yes. Does that happen to you and would you like to advise people on the fact that, you know, don't get too head up and stressed about all these small things that happen in daily life or is it easier said than done?
1: Uh, yeah, I feel it that because every time you won't get that comfort in the mountains. When you come here and when I see that people are like <laughs> bragging on small, small things like, uh, is it so? Then I realize, okay, in one tent, we were like five people and I can't, you know, can't even say, can't even move in the night. So I feel that it's it's all about like how you're thinking that's what you should go for the adventure activity you should go for a trek or maybe some small small treks. then you will get to know maybe more better because as as we climb we go up we don't get that much comfort it's not about the comfort as well but there are so many things which mountain taught me like first thing it's like loyal to yourself you know when you come back and when you are doing something i think you have to do it full heart you cannot just skip like that and just go for it so i Whatever mountain it's teaching me in the mountains, I'm just coming and applying in my regular life. But if I see some people are like doing small, small things are affecting, I was like, no, you should think more than that. That's how mountain taught me, you know, all the circumstances you have to just go. You have to just move on okay, this is not working, what is the next plan? Plan A, plan B, plan C, you should have all the plans. And that's how life works, right?
0: Well said, because yeah. it's all about the next step, not no, about sorry. the problem. Everything is surmountable. Everything is, yes. you, you know, you can overcome it. Now, let's get just very quickly into a little bit of the emotional aspect about life because there's emotional wellness as well. Right. Now, whether people find it in extracurricular or their normal daily life, how do you cope with the whole concept of emotions and what are you recommending to people who are listening? That listen, how do do you keep your emotions in check and not let them get the better of you? Because people get depressed and frustrated and what have you, which is such a negative emotion.
1: I always believe that surround yourself with people with a positive mind. Maybe not 100 people. There will be only one or two people. Whenever I feel like I'm a bit low, I call my dad anytime. Now I call my husband. (laughs) So you will get to know. So you will have very few people in your life who will support you and who will like boost you like my dad he thought about Everest and I did it and his uh, confidence level is something else only whenever I feel like okay I'm not getting this I'm feeling something weird I'll just call him I'll get to know somehow so I think yeah emotional aspect is always there but there will be people in your life, they will be always guiding you and, you know, supporting you.
0: took that word, I was about to say, surround yourself with good people, yeah. positive people. Yeah. And if you're the kind of person who's negative, nobody wants to be around you because, yeah. you know, you got to keep lifting yourself. As a mountaineer, there's always another chance. If you're alive, you are go for it again. Yeah. You know, this whole indomitable, as they call it, spirit of climbers is something that we can perhaps end on. Because ultimately, even you get tired, you yeah. know, climbing a mountain, yet you have to keep going and, yes. and still realize when you must not. That critical point where should I go on, should I not? The decision making. Yes. Do you have to develop it? Does it come naturally? What happens?
1: I think it comes <laughs> when you are in that situation because there will be no one to guide you except your Sherpa because Sherpa knows really, really well. I really want to share so small scenario. Recently, I was on a Dhaulagiri expedition. And the weather was extremely bad because the winter was really late. There was a heavy snowfall. One day I found out myself that I'm in the tent and it is covered with the snow. And I'm not able to go out mm. because you cannot call to your loved ones. And you can hear their voice because it's a satellite call. And it's very expensive. So there was a time weather was not supportive. Wedding was there. So many things were there. What to do? I have already postponed. and I'm going what decision I, I should make it. Like I had plan A, plan B, plan C, but it was not working because weather is not favorable. Now what to do? Shall I postpone again? Or shall I just leave my climb and go back? Then I was like, yes, I love mountains really, 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 because whatever identity I have, it's because all because of mountains. But I gave the chance to the mountain. I have already postponed my wedding and I now... It's a high time. Now, I cannot be so selfish and stay in the mountains. I think, yes, that mountain will be always there. I can go back. I just took that decision. That was really hard for me because uh, I took that decision, but nobody was around. Yes, many people said that you would have easily climbed it one or two days, but no one will understand my situation because what I'm going through, because there's no one to share what exactly thoughts are going on. Plan A is not working, B is not working, C is not working, what to do? But I
0: tell you what, yeah. <laughs> uh, because of that decision of yours, you've got yeah. a very happy husband and a lot of a happy family as well that you got Yes, back.
1: definitely. Yes. Okay,
0: Priyanka, we have to end this, but with a rapid fire okay. set of questions. Okay, so just the first thought that comes to your mind yeah. to answer the questions that I'm about to ask. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, yes. let's go for it. Yeah. When you think of Himalaya Wellness Company, what's the first word that comes to your mind? Himalaya. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, in this scenario, you can say anything and Himalaya will work. Well, that's a good answer. What is the most challenging mountain you've climbed so far?
1: Annapurna one.
0: Yeah, lower than Everest, but a tough climb.
1: Tough climb, yes.
0: One wellness, overall mantra that you follow?
1: Just to get a very good disciplined life, everything will be sorted.
0: If you had the attention of the whole world for a moment, what would you say?
1: I will definitely tell them about adventure sports because many of them don't know about it much. Okay, we'll take that.
0: Give me a percentage. Where are you today in terms of hard work to luck?
1: I feel um, 90% is like a hard
0: work. Yeah, I I think I have more luck in my life. (laughs) (laughs) But Priyanka, what a delight to be talking to you. And I hope that you go on and climb many more peaks and achieve much more in your life and also carry on your very generous job that uh, is taking you forward. But it's been a really wonderful conversation and thank you so much for sparing the time. Thank you. And to all of you, hope you enjoyed Priyanka's journey full of inspiration and motivation and all the fabulous stuff she's done so far, all the terrific decisions she's taken, which is why she's still here with us. I hope all of you are also motivated to climb your own peaks, you know, get to your own summits. And... If not literally, then figuratively. Go out there, experience adventure, it can only help. And she said so many good things about the fact that the world of adventure has in it a big world of wellness as well. Because after all, ultimately, when all is said and done, it's the destination, yes. But it's the journey that really inspires. And I wish you all luck for this journey that you're on. Remember, it's all about you. So, be gentle, be kind, be yourself. We've come to the end of our House of Wellness Season 2 episode, but we hope that you'll continue to join us for all the rest. For now, though, thank you for your company. Bye-bye. You were listening to House of Wellness Season 2, powered by Himalaya Wellness Company, streaming on GeoSavan.